Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Amy, how's it going this week? Oh, it's good. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, this is our debut episode of a new podcast, uh, as we said, doing uh, news and views. So basically, we're going to cover some news here. We have an, a great interview with Ronnie Floyd coming up later in the show as well. Yes, it's a great interview. Uh, since it's our first episode, we should probably tell a little bit about who we are. Jonathan Howe is Director of Strategic Initiatives at Lifeway Christian Resources, where he lives in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, he's lives there with his wife, Beth, and his kids, Ethan, Parker, Micah, and Avery. And works has worked at Lifeway for the last, how many years have you worked there? I've been over, over three, about three and a half right now. Okay, just over three and a half years. Um, what church are you a member of, John? First Baptist Howard? Mount Juliet. Fantastic. And Beth is on staff there. Yes, she is. Children's correct. minister. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, does children's ministry there. And if people listen to Rainer on Leadership, the other podcast that I run, they probably know all about a lot of that. And because uh, we, it seems to come up very frequently. Dr. Rayner likes to bring up the fact that I have a lot of kids and my wife's a children's minister. So, yes. <laughs> so, but anyway, and now it's your turn. Now, Amy, you are the director of communications at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary in Correct. Wake Forest. And so we're doing this uh, via video, uh, mm-hmm. Skype kind of call or whatever over the internet. So that's how we're able to get online at the same time and record all this stuff. But uh, you're married to Keith. You've got two kids, Drew and Mary. And I can never remember which one's older. I think Mary's Mary. older. Yeah. Okay. Mary is older. And she's uh, fifth grade, right? That's correct. Yes. And Drew is a year younger. Yes. And um, exactly. they are in elementary school. You're going to have a middle school daughter next year. I, I am. And uh, we are very, uh, very anxious about that. That's going to be an interesting time. <laughs> I bet. And you know, now your husband, Keith, is also a professor at Southeastern. He, he is. He teaches um, systematic theology, and he's also the Associate Vice President for Institutional Effectiveness and Faculty Communications, which he must is a very a long title. He a business card. It's like a postcard. He, he it's does. Not, it's very long. Fit in the wallet. We, we have a lot of fun. We enjoy working together here, um, and uh, we have to watch that we don't end up having ad hoc meetings in the kitchen. The children uh, will stop us often and say, no more talk about the seminary. So. <laughs> And now you're a member at Imago Day, in That's Raleigh, correct. right? That's correct. We're there, um, and uh, Keith is a, a lay elder there. We've been in that church. We've been members there for about uh, almost, it'll be three years this fall. Man, it, it's so. crazy that it's been three years that you've moved. That's so. correct. That's correct. We were in Nashville and moved here uh, three years ago in about a month, I think. Mm. Well, let's get down to business. Uh, we got a few news items from around the states and then some stuff to talk about from the entities before we get into the interview with Ronnie Floyd. First of all, uh, a couple of things from the states and the college ranks at Union University. Nathan Finn, our good friend, has been named the Dean of the School of Theology and Missions uh, at Washita Baptist. Rex Horn has stepped down to go and serve as the president of the Arkansas Independent Colleges and Universities Group. Uh, up there at Washita Baptist and down in Georgia at Bruton Parker, Steve Eccles, who used to be the president at Tennessee Temple, Ten- right? Yeah, Tennessee Temple, in, that's correct, in, in Chattanooga. Chattanooga. He has been named the new president down there. So a few things going on with the state colleges. Uh, another thing happening in the states um, is a statewide day of prayer has been planned in South Carolina. It's going to be on June 13th. It's called the Response South Carolina, a call to prayer for a nation in crisis. 
So it's an evangelical all-day event, worship, fasting, and prayer uh, to intercede for a nation in crisis. And that's according to Brad Atkins, who is the pastor at Powdersville First Baptist in Easley. Yeah, he's, um, he's I think, the director of this thing, putting it on. So Yeah, and he, he says it's very specifically not about um, political speeches. It's a called time of repentance yeah. and worship. Uh, but that's going to be a, a really big thing that's happening Um in just a, just a few weeks here, and they if, if you're in South Carolina, there's a, a website, um, theresponsesc.com, that yeah. gives more information on that. Yeah, it kind of mimics a similar thing going on in Ohio that weekend. This is right before the SBC convention, uh, which we're going to preview here in a few minutes after the uh, Dr. Floyd interview, but uh, a great thing to see out of South Carolina. Absolutely. We also have a few notes from the entities at IMB, uh, kind of the the big news, I guess you could say, Amy, going into the Southern Baptist Convention this year. Absolutely. Uh, they just announced um, a couple of weeks ago that they've established a policy to streamline the guidelines for appointing new personnel. Uh, and it really is just taking, uh, they said there's this idea that there are multiple pathways to the field, uh, but within those, uh, the Baptist Faith and Message 2000 is going to be um sort of the parameters that are there uh, for everyone. And then within those different pathways, there may be some some specific unique qualifications that involve certain types of training. Um, but the Baptist Faith and Message will sit as the single statement of qualifications to characterize every missionary serving through any pathway. And the goal really is just to... Um, to mobilize more Southern Baptists to go to unreached peoples and places. Um, so this was this was really big news that uh, I wasn't wasn't even it wasn't even on my radar. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people um, were anticipating this, but yeah, here it is. So, so the the interesting part about this, and uh, this is something I think David is going to be addressing in the future, maybe even at Send North America or even at the Send Luncheon that IMB and NAM are doing at the Southern Baptist Convention, is all right. We're we're streamlining the ability, you know, streamlining the qualifications and the guidelines. We're opening up new pathways. The, the big question then is, how do you fund the, the, the next level of missionaries? How, where does the funding come from? How does the funding strategy change? Right. Uh, maybe even for the different types of missionaries that we have going overseas. What does that look like in the future? I think that's something that a lot of people are kind of anticipating is the, kind of the next rollout of, of this. Maybe this was part A and part B is the funding uh, because Right now, we're, we're down in a number of missionaries year over year, and mm-hmm. a lot of that, even though that CP giving is up this year, even though Lottie Moon was, uh, um, I think, up last year as well, mm-hmm. our number of missionaries has declined because the funding per missionary that it costs to keep them overseas, it, right. it keeps increasing. So the, the next level is how do you fund the, that next set and, and mobilize more? Right. We've taken it away and, and uh, said we want to send... Uh, they actually use the phrase limitless um, missionary teams. And so if we set that goal, then how can we actually start to achieve it? And I um, have confidence that they're really working on that. Um, But that you're right, that'll be kind of the interesting next piece. Um, Also, a bit of news from the IMB. Yeah, um, sad news. Yeah, sad news that a a missionary in Malawi, uh, Susan Sanson, she was 67, uh, died of malaria on May 18th. 
um, very interesting story. She yes. was born in New York and raised in Ohio, and she actually spent time in Manhattan as a model and fashion magazine editor as a young adult. Yeah, um, you don't see that on the background for a lot of missionaries. No, that no, was you don't. Shocking. Uh, really yeah, neat story. Yeah, Kevin Rogers, who's a strategy leader for the IMB in Africa and a friend of, of this couple, said that she uh, had this incredible testimony, moved to New York, kind of mover and shaker in the fashion world. And then, as he said, God arrested her heart and brought her back to him. And so she quit her job, sold her things, moved to New Orleans and enrolled in uh, New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. So she met her husband there, uh, who was a PhD student, and they married in 1992. Uh, but yeah, she was serving down there, and uh, and she contracted malaria and died just a couple of weeks ago. So that was a kind of a piece of news as well. Also, recently, the ERLC held a, the what they called the ERLC Academy, in which they gave lectures covering general topics as the kingdom of God and Christian ethics, but also covered issues of religious liberty, marriage, gender identity, sanctity of human life, contraception, artificial reproductive technology, and a host of others. Uh, they did that over here at the SBC building. I was actually able to go over and have lunch uh, during a Q&A. That was uh, last week. We're recording this uh, the week that it comes out, but uh, the earlier in the uh, last week, uh, I was able to go over and have the lunch next door. My my office actually faces the building um, right across the street. So uh, that was kind of neat to see that. And it was a great crowd, probably about 200 people there. Uh, yeah, a really, we, really we good watched, turnout. We watched the live stream from here, and you yeah. could really see the, the and crowd. I think the live the stream is still available online. I'm about to check okay. that out, try some links. We'll try to put that in the show notes. But uh, it's really, really helpful from what I understood. Had a lot of people in town for that. I know a lot of seminary students even came in. I think uh, Southeastern was one of the partners for that. Correct. Uh, we had some students there. I think uh, Southern Seminary had some students there. Um, I think a, a few more. And uh, they they offered it where you could just attend, uh, really just for uh, continuing education to sort of help yourself, which is uh, very helpful for those who are, are called into ministry because so many different questions are, are coming uh, in these areas. But then also there was a pathway to uh, to earn course credit. For it, so it's a really nice sort of both options were there, and uh, several students took advantage of that. And speaking of religious liberty, congratulations to Dr. Moeller at Southern Seminary. He's been uh, named the 2015 Edwin Meese the Third Originalism and Religious Liberty Award winner. That's a mouthful from the yes. Alliance Defending Freedom. He got that. Uh, was awarded that a couple weeks ago. Congratulations to Dr. Moeller. Absolutely, and also kind of excitement for uh, for you guys yeah, at big news Lifeway. Here. Big, big news at Lifeway that um, Lecrae signed with uh, B&H there, which is a division of Lifeway Christian Resources, to publish his new book, Unashamed. Yeah, so... Um, Yeah, Jonathan, tell us a little more about what that's going to be. Well, this is Lecrae's first book. He's probably the biggest name, uh, definitely the biggest name in Christian hip-hop. There's no doubt about that. I don't think anybody would argue that. Uh, But he's also had a massive crossover appeal. He's been on the Fallon show he sat in with the Roots one night and then came back in a later episode and, and actually performed uh, and on Jimmy Fallon's uh, Tonight Show. So, that I mean, just the exposure that Lecrae's getting, he's got fans all over the world. He's coming out with his first book, signed with B&H. Congratulations to, uh, to B&H for inking that. And Jennifer Lyle, uh, the publisher there at B&H, uh, she does a fantastic job acquiring new authors. And uh, this is just a, another kind of a feather in the cap for her and for Lifeway. Uh, it's going to be big. I'm excited about this. I know everybody at Lifeway is really excited about this. 
Um, and, oh, yeah, you know, huge. having Lecrae, you know, as one of our authors, that was, that was a really big for us. And, um, mm-hmm. so, and I know Lecrae, he attends a Southern Baptist church down in Atlanta at, uh, Dehati Lewis's blueprint church where Dehati's the, the pastor. And, um, so it, it was exciting to see Lecrae kind of keeping it in the family there with the, uh, the signing with B&H. Fantastic. And also a quick report from NAM. NAM held a recent sit down with more than 20 Southern Baptist leaders representing several different ethnic groups to discuss current outreach efforts and explore how they can more effectively help plant churches for diverse populations. Now, uh, about 58% of the churches that were planted in 2013 and 2014 were minority congregations. So I know that's something that that NAM is really pushing, really striving for, and, and have done a really good job with. That's that's incredible. And just kind of thinking through some of the goals that have been set in the last few years and desires and then to start seeing uh, what that what that looks like as that takes shape over the years. It's it's really interesting. Yeah. Nam, don't forget, they have the Sin North America conference happening here in Nashville. I'm looking forward to that uh, this summer. There's uh, more information you can find that out online. We got the link on the website at uh, sbcthisweek.com for the show notes. You can find that information about uh, the Send North America Conference. Get involved there. There are over 10,000 in registration for that now. Wow. Massive, massive event going to happen here in Nashville. Um, the wow. coffee shops here are not ready for this, I don't think. so. <laughs> but there are some very good ones. I won't be able to get coffee for a week here. You realize that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we'll have to talk about more about that whenever we get closer to the event in uh, late summer. And we're going to have somebody on from NAM recently uh, as well. I'm hoping to get Kevin Ezel on while I'm in um, in Columbus. I uh, talked to them today. Been trying to get a, uh, a date and time worked out for him. Hopefully it'll be Kevin. If not, we'll get somebody else from NAM to talk about SEND. Uh, that's going to be a huge, huge event. Really looking forward to that. And uh, I know ERLC is doing something along with that, too. So I have to get with them and get somebody on. Their national conference is going to follow. Yeah. Or it's going to follow SEND yes. to, the next, to the next day. So uh, a lot going on this summer here in Nashville. So it, it's pretty cool to be to be here, all this going on. So uh, also next week we'll cover some more news from around the seminaries, including a graduation recap. I know there was some big news, especially out of um, Southwestern, where they graduated their first group of the students from the prison that they, they worked with over there. So that was pretty big news. And a couple of uh, a family graduations at Southern and Southeastern. But we'll get more into that Correct. next week. Uh, this podcast has been brought to you in part by Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary's Doctor of Ministry program. If you want more out of your ministry, want to study with a world-class faculty, and need to stay where you currently serve, the D-Men at Southeastern is the answer for you. Visit sebts.edu slash D-M-I-N for more information. Today our guest is Ronnie Floyd. Ronnie is the pastor at Cross Church in Northwest Arkansas and the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. Ronnie, thanks for being on with us today. Thank you, Jonathan. It's always great to talk with you, my friend. And uh, we wanted to talk to you. We have the SBC Convention coming up in just a few weeks and going to be a great time in Columbus. I'm looking forward to seeing it, seeing you there as well. Uh, You're joining us today. You're in D.C. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what you're doing there. Well, uh, last night I spoke, uh, Jonathan, at a, a place called the Jefferson Gathering. It's inside of the Capitol. It's a private worship service for uh, Congress and Congress member, members of Congress and their families, as well as anyone who works on the Hill. Uh, it's the first time a formal worship service has happened in the U.S. Capitol in over 100 years. Wow. And it's, so it's a real, it's not a very large group. 
by any means, but it's growing slowly. And of course, this is a very busy place here. So, you know, like last night, they had a boat big time yeah. in the house. And so it occupied people till really, you know, almost until we were up preaching. And so um, it was, a, but it was a great experience still because you're standing here at this very unique place and declaring God's word. And then tonight I'm speaking for Tony Perkins at the Family Research Council. They have a, Tony's a Southern Baptist. Uh, me, folks may not know that, yep. but, uh, but he is a Southern Baptist, a great man of God and, and, uh, stands strong for, for the word. And so Tony has a major conference for pastors and pastors' wives. Uh, from across the country, and I'm speaking tonight for him. Now, here's a little nugget for you. I knew Tony was a, a Southern Baptist because he and oh, I went man. to church together when I was growing up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Small world. I think man. he. J- I think he just finished a uh, interim pastor in one of those churches in uh, Louisiana in the last uh, six months. Oh wow! So, all right. Well, I want to jump into these questions real quick here. Uh, J.D. Greer recently announced that he intends to nominate you for a second term as the Southern Baptist Convention president. What would be your vision for Southern Baptists for the next year? I think, Jonathan, at this time, uh, I want to get through the first year. I want to see how the response is to what we do. Um, and I think God will show me at the right time what that is. I think with me, it's it's going to basically in in some ways continue the message we're in, but also really forwarding the message in a more aggressive way towards reaching North America and reaching the world for Christ. And so I think both go together, this whole awakening and this whole element of fulfilling the Great Commission, they go hand in hand. And so somewhere in all that, Ronnie Floyd used it in the land. One of the major roles of the president of the Southern Baptist Convention that isn't discussed as often as it once was is the task of nominating messengers to serve on various committees. How has that process been for you this year, and as you have sought out a fair and accurate representation of the denomination as a whole? Well, that's a great question, and you know we don't talk about that enough anymore because uh, one of the one of the most important things the president does is not just plan the convention with the order business committee, but also works very uh, very diligently if he is a good president. On, on appointments that he, is, that he is authorized to make. For example, the conservative resurgence would have never happened if we had not won the presidency yeah. since 1979. And it was through that process because the president appoints 68 members of the Committee on Committees. Then the Committee on Committees appoints the Committee on Nominations, which determines who will serve on the boards of our institutions. And as the board members go of the institutions, so goes the leaders of those institutions or a collision of both or with against each other or harmony in trying to do what needs to be done for the Lord. And so it's been a very challenging time to do that. It took us a lot of time to do it because we really we listened to people. We, we, we looked at the SBC and we have. 20% of our churches are multi-ethnic, yeah. uh, Jonathan. I, I have appointed right at 19 to 20% of our messengers or, or the ones that are appointed for those committees are multi-ethnic. And that takes a lot of work because this is so new in Baptist life in some ways. And so <clears throat> we've worked really diligently in it, and it's been a great process, uh, but it's been a very challenging process. I think probably we will appoint the most multi-ethnic 
committee on committees ever in the history of the convention. Wow. I don't know that, but I would think so because we just never had those challenges before, but we will, we will um, do that. And then we will also, we appoint the committee on resolutions, which is 10 members, which I also try to leave and talk about the diversity element there. We also appoint the committee on, on, um, uh, on the credentials committee and then the tellers committee. Yeah. We also appoint those. And so, there's a lot of people that we are constantly trying to place in yep. leadership positions. And while people say that's easy because we have so many people, it's not easy if you're diligent no. at all. It's not. Well, and there's also a lot of regu- uh, regulations about who can serve, when they can serve, exactly. how long they can serve, things exactly. like that. Yeah, exactly. Because I'll, I'll tell you a challenge right now, because my goal has also been I wanted to try to appoint as many younger guys as I could along with a good balance of other age age groups and generations. You know the way I feel yeah. about that because I'm real big on cross-generational leadership. But the but the <clears throat> but also one of the things is our bylaws tells us that you can't appoint anyone that's not been in the state convention at least 3 years. Well, who moves the most in Southern Baptist life? Young guys. Yeah. Okay, because they're going through school and all those matters. And so you can't appoint that and so so that that really challenges you. And uh, but you just work through that. You just are diligent. You stay in the fight. You don't give up. And I've not given up. And I've tried to do my very best. I've had a lot of people helping me. And, you know, by faith, we pray that God will bless them. Yeah. Well, what's been the most surprising thing you've learned or experienced as the president of the Southern Baptist Convention this year? Well, that's that's a great question. I I'm not so sure I can say that publicly. Uh, one of those things, but but I would but, but I would say that uh, you know one of, one of the things is is that I have learned that people want to believe that our future is great, and I have tried to lead with that hope that our future is great because my, I, my hope is in the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ and in a God who can turn anything around that is struggling. And I'm not saying we're struggling. Uh, we have wonderful and bright spots. But at the same time, we know that we can do a lot better than where we are. So therefore, there are elements of who we are. We're struggling. And so what we must do is really just just work diligently. We have to pray. But beyond prayer, we've got to do take some strategic actions to help people reach their towns, reach their cities, reach reach this country in a more effective way because the the brighter the light is here at home the the further that light's going to shine around the world and we have to understand also even in our in the way we do our missions ministry is that is that the people are in the cities the vast majority of them that doesn't mean we do not do what we need to do everywhere but it also means that the ethnicities are here in America as well as across the world yeah. and many of them are very global here today, gone tomorrow, back home. And so we've got to really effectively touch North America as well as around the world for the gospel. Now, one of the roles of the SBC president, I mean, I know you, you're you a big spokesman. You go around, you talk, you speak in a lot of different places. Uh, you're, you mentioned earlier that you're in, in Washington right now, in D.C. And I know earlier this year, I picked you up at the airport. You had come in, I think you'd been in Alaska the week before. You were in Nashville with me, and I think you were leaving somewhere right. to go somewhere else. I mean, you're, you're a traveling man. How have you balanced the ongoing ministry of Cross Church with your role as serving as the SBC president? That is a very challenging uh, experience. Um, you know, I think I have 
two or three things that have helped me. Above all, <clears throat> I have tremendous prayer support. Number two, I have a great staff team who, have, who has really stood in strong for me. Number three, I haven't missed Sundays unless I'm overseas, and I had one other engagement in a state that I, that I just felt like uh, I needed to take those engagements on a Sunday. Um, so I've only been gone two Sundays as president yeah. uh, with those functions, you might say. And, uh, <clears throat> and so with that, I think that's, that's good. And, and then I think also my tenure at the church has helped because I've been there 28 years. Yeah. And, my tenure, and my tenure in the SBC has helped. At the same time, my tenure at the SBC has been a challenge because I know, I know quite a bit about the SBC. Therefore, you know, I knew there's some things that we could do, that we needed to do, that we needed to get back to, or that we needed to go forward in uh, that we've never done before. So, so all of that is played where, uh, you know, God, is, God has seen me through these first 11 months. And if he so lets me serve again, uh, and that would be the will of this convention, I pray that they will pray me through, my staff will help me through, and the convention will help me through as well. I bet it's been nice to have Nick and his family around, uh, also if your wife, with you be gone so much, you know. Oh, it really has, yeah. It's been a real challenge. Gina's traveling with me this week to D.C. Okay. She goes with me, she goes with me some, uh, you know, but when I go in, Jonathan, you know, for like for one night engagement and back home, Yeah. I mean, there's really, unless it's a very unique engagement, uh, otherwise, I mean, I'm getting there at, you know, four o'clock, I'm landing, I'm making sure I'm ready, I'm on the ground, I, 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 I meet with people before, I meet with people after, I'm to bed late, I'm up early exercising after my time with God, and I'm to an airport, Yeah, you know, and so, uh, and back home, or I'm off to my next engagement. And so, some weeks, it's been, you know, leave on Sunday afternoon, you're back in on Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, some weeks you're in and out two or three times. Uh, you know, the only week I, I, I was not traveling with the SBC since mid-January. I didn't see my grandkids in two and a half months in Birmingham. Yeah. And so, you know, I flew to Birmingham for my wife's birthday last week to just simply take her and myself to go see our grandkids. Very cool. Uh, because, you know, we needed, we needed to I also have a, have a father, and I'm a grandfather, and I, I need to do what I can to to keep the forces of the family in a, in a great environment also. Now, earlier in the interview, you mentioned something about uh, Columbus and how things have kind of changed up, and you're, you're kind of looking for the response there. Can you get us a quick overview of some of the differences we'll see this year? I think, number one, you're going to see the entire program is going to be tight. I think it's going to have packages. I think that you're going to see on on Tuesday morning – you're going to, the, 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 there are two major features of that. Number one is the presidential address, which we place back on Tuesday morning. In fact, we're placing it at 9.30 a.m. Uh, because I think at this, at this season, we need the presidential address to set the tone for the convention. And so uh, we're doing that there, followed by all of the seminaries reporting at one time. They're going to have their own report time, but they're all going to do it at the same time. Yeah. Southern Baptists have not seen that in years, if ever, where we hear the story of all of them together. This is what God is doing in our schools. And then on Tuesday afternoon, it's total business. I mean, usually on Tuesday morning, you hear some person at a microphone that's complaining about something they don't like. That's the way we start. And I don't think that's a great way to start. 
We start with reports. I don't think that's necessarily a great way to start. I think that we, 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 we're going to be in the afternoon. We're going to hear uh, some exciting things happening out of the SBC Executive Committee. Dr. Page will do a great job in his report. You'll hear the recommendations from the Executive Committee. You'll, you will elect your officers all in the same session, which desperately need to take place. So that's not sporadic here and then sporadic there and sporadic there. And there are bylaw issues there. That that we're go, that we're obviously working through, and we're gonna we're gonna obviously fulfill the bylaws. Yeah. But you're also gonna hear the committee on committees report, committee on nominations report, Guidestone report, which a lot of what they do is a little more business oriented, you might say, than than even though they have a strong ministry, and that in itself is a ministry. We know that. I used to be on the board. I think it's one of the greatest things we do in Southern Baptist life. Um, uh, and so, and then we have the committee on resolutions report. So when you come on Tuesday afternoon, I mean, you're going to really get 90% probably of our business that we're going to do at that convention is going to happen in that segment of time. Tuesday night, totally committed two and a half, two, two and a half hours of total commitment to worship and prayer for the next great awakening and to reach a world for Christ. We always want to talk about America. We want to condemn America. We want to condemn this, condemn that. We want to always belabor where we are, moan about where we are. Well, listen, we're going to provide a format. It's going to move people by the thousands to come back to God, to be what God wants us to be individually, personally, collectively in our families, with our churches, and prayerful for our nation to reach the world for Christ. That's going to be a powerful, dynamic time. I'm going to be joined with, with, with a lot of things. One of the real features of that night also is going to be a time where we're going to really experience some real elements within our multi-ethnic uh, community as well as our, uh, our, our Anglo community. It's going to be a powerful time together the entire night that night. I would encourage no one to miss Tuesday night. Okay. Wednesday morning, you're going, to hear, you're going to hear the WMU report, the IMB report, the North American Mission War report, and then a joint missionary and sending celebration that we're going to have between both boards. Uh, that's going to be the way Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning is. So you're going to hear what missions we do. All yeah. that fits together. Wednesday afternoon, we're going to hear from uh, Lifeway. We're going to hear from the ERLLC. And we're also going to have a panel that is going to deal with this subject, Jonathan, which we're real excited about talking about. I've enlisted five of our leaders, and we've asked them, we're going to help us. I'm going to do Q&A with them about the Supreme Court and same-sex marriage how to prepare our churches for the future. And they're going to end with a convention sermon uh, that's going to be preached by a pastor from Missouri that was voted in to do that a year ago. And so that's the way we're going to end. That'll be our focus on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, the convention will uh, probably conclude by 515. And so people can have a great night out to have dinner yeah. and then go home Thursday morning. It'll be a wonderful time yeah. together. I'm really looking forward to it. So I really like the packaging that you, you talked about, uh, how you got all the missions together, all the seminaries together, the business yeah. all together. So that that's going to be, uh, it seems like a lot more streamlined uh, than sporadic yeah. than, than the past. So I think good. it does. And I, and I think too, Jonathan, I think it, it just presents a better order. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, everybody's got to do what they want to do. That's fine. And, and if the Lord lets me be president another year, then I'll rethink all that and I'll hear a response and we'll see how we need to navigate towards the next year. But I really believe the messages are going to find it extremely refreshing. Uh, I believe they're going to, I, they really do. I think it's going to be a tremendous thing. They're going to be able to come in here in one setting. This is what we do. 
to educate the next generation. We have 18,000 seminary students. Let me tell you what all of them are doing on these six campuses. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's refreshing. This is what we're doing to touch the world for Christ. This is powerful. And we're not, you know, when we put all the business together, let me tell you, that is not, that is not de-elevating that, that, that is elevating it. Yeah. Because before you never knew when this came yeah. up, you never knew when that came up. And, and the schedule would get advanced said. or something like that. And, and absolutely, you know, you'd have votes. Yeah, you know, and you didn't know exactly. hadn't, didn't have a quorum or something like that. There was always that discussion. So yeah. Oh yeah, sure. So I'm I'm real optimistic about that, and prayerfully God will use it. Okay, final question: When you look twenty years down the road, where do you see the SBC as well as Crosschurched? I think the SBC will be really strong in our reach of North America and the global community in a positive way, especially, especially if we will keep our priorities, the priorities of, of that, that prayer and, and, and the gospel and the explosion of the gospel through planting churches all over North America, new churches, revitalizing these legacy churches and then really keeping always in our heart, mobilizing as many people as we can to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And I think we're making headway in all that. Now, will we have more churches? I don't know the answer to that. Uh, Will we be effective? I believe we will be effective. I just don't think that, I just don't, I just do not buy into it that after all these years, it's going to quit yeah. and we're going to go down the tube. I just don't buy it. We have two good leaders, but let me tell you, it's not about the leaders of the end. It's about, I, we have two great pastors out here. I don't think the pastors of the SBC will, will let it happen. Yeah. I think we have to address certain areas. We got to address our financial future. We have to address what we're going to do about church planning. How serious are we going to get? Our churches have to step up. What are we going to do to really reach the world with the gospel of Christ? I mean, we've got to get real serious about that. We have to press because this is an urgent hour in which we live. And so I'm optimistic about it. Now, could it go the other way? Absolutely. If we shoot ourselves in the foot, we decide we don't want to get along. We decide we're going to make every little secondary thing the primary thing. We, we want to fight with each other on the blogosphere. We want to fight with each other on this and that and the social networking. I'm going to tell you, I'm not doing that. God didn't call me to do that. God did not call me to do it. God has called me to touch the world with the gospel of Christ, and I'm going to put everything out of my life as much as possible in my, in my ability to get it away from me so I can accomplish that task. And I will not let go as long as I have the opportunity to do it. Now, <clears throat> in relation to my church, I have that same commitment. Uh, what will we look like? I don't know. <laughs> you know, Will I be the pastor there 20 years from now? I I doubt it. I've been there 28. You know, if I if I do, uh, I may have to take a bathroom break when I when I go when I preach when I preach. First I half, know. second half. Yeah, that's right. First half. Y'all give me a break. Hey, you know, I'm gonna Julio, come up, up here and sing out. a song. Yeah, yeah, sing another one. How about a testimony? <laughs> but anyway, I'm optimistic because you know I just believe in the power of God. And I believe in the power of the gospel, and I believe I believe that God wants the best for His people. And I am a I am a forward leader who's going to think that way and believe that way, and I'm and that's where I'm going, man. All right. Well, um, you mentioned forward. I've got it right here. Um, so 
Ronnie, you got a new book coming out uh, June first, and uh, Ford, and it's it's orange because you like orange, I know. So, yeah. But uh, yeah. A- a- everybody, that we got a link to that. You can pick up Dr. Floyd's new book, uh, Ford: Seven Distinguishing Marks for Future Leaders. Uh, I've started reading it recently. Very good book. Highly recommend it. And uh, looking forward to uh, seeing you in Columbus in a couple weeks. Thank you, Jonathan, for mentioning the book, and thank you so much for your friendship. I'm proud of you. Thank God for what you're doing, and may the Lord bless this podcast. It's good talking to you. Thank you, Dr. Floyd. This podcast is brought in part to you by The Gospel Project, which is a chronological Christ-centered Bible study for kids, students, and adults that examines how all Scripture gives testimony to Jesus Christ. Over the course of three years, participants will journey from Genesis to Revelation and discover how God's plan of redemption unfolds throughout Scripture and still today, compelling them to join the mission of God. Find out more and preview one month for free at gospelproject.com. That was a fantastic interview with Ronnie Floyd, uh, touched on some really interesting things that we don't always get to hear about, and so he gave some great insight. Uh, Let's talk about some upcoming events, which we obviously have a really big one in a few weeks. This is kind of what we wait for uh, every year. for Some of us, at least. (laughs) Yes, for those two days when we uh, drop the gavel and actually uh, convene as the messengers and the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, exists uh, all, all together. Yeah, um, and I think you weeks. just come for the parliamentary procedures, don't you? Uh, maybe just a little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Barry McCarty fan club president right there, Amy Whitfield. I have so, a few. There are a few other members. Yeah, Carol Pipes. And, and that's about it. So, <laughs> not that we don't like Barry. It's just that y'all like him. Uh, y'all are like rabid fans of parliamentary procedure. So... <laughs> But anyway, hey, the most important thing to me in Columbus was uh, food and drink and where to eat, what to, you know, where to get coffee and stuff. And Philip Bethencourt, I guess Philip started this a couple of years ago when we went, when we went to Houston, mm-hmm. right? And uh, he did it yes. at his blog and then he did it again um, last year. Yes. And that's, uh, when we that's were Dr. Philip Bethencourt yes, at Philip the Bethencourt. ERLC. Puts, He's the executive vice president at ERLC. Is that right? Correct. And, but, uh, uh, but one of his greatest contributions is every year when he provides us with this um, food and drink uh, guide to Columbus, yes. which is very so helpful. We have that listed and linked at uh, the, the website. You can go, and uh, he teamed up with Pastor Nick Nye, who I'm trying to get on the podcast over the next couple of weeks, uh, to preview Columbus and tell us what the city's like. I've never been to Columbus. You? I have not. Um, well, I take that back. I think I went to the uh, National Football Hall of Fame when I was very young, like five. Uh, but I don't have very much of a memory of that. So this will be very new. The, the NFL uh, Hall of Fame? Yes, that's, that's in it. Canton. NFL. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. It's not too far. Okay. It's not that far. <laughs> I haven't spent time in downtown Columbus. Okay. Um, I haven't either. So I, I think I'm most looking forward to, and he, he mentions this uh, at the actually the very top of his yes, list. The North the, Market? Uh, North Market. Yes. Same here. Yes. So that's, uh, I think, going to be great. And then I've heard a lot about the uh, burger place as well. Yes. So uh, so that's a big highlight. Now, uh, moving on to the show floor, that's always one of the uh, the highlights for me. I, I really enjoy getting to be able to see the different uh, booths and just what's coming out of the seminaries, what's coming out of the different entities. Um, I know Lifeway always has a massive presence, which... You know, we, we have the store there. You can get any, yes. pretty much anything you want. We have a, a list of signings as well. You can try to find that as well. Um, I think that may be just at the show, though. I don't know if they've got that published beforehand. But uh, yeah. 
a massive, it looks like one of the larger event halls that we've had in recent years, at least basically uh, yeah. by the, by the, the layout. Yeah, it's going to, it looks like a really good setup and um, I, I'm really intrigued. I like seeing how, uh, just how everyone, all the sort of like-minded um, entities, the ones that are kind of after the same thing. We've had the seminaries together before, yeah. but even more of the colleges are, are kind of closer. So all the educational institutions kind of near each other, IMB and NAM and the cooperative program booth all right there together. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's, that's going to be um, very interesting. And of course it's always fun to walk through and uh, pick up whatever, kind of goodies that's uh we we used to be able to get away with bringing those back to our kids uh as as gifts but they're too old and that doesn't work anymore <laughs> wait you brought me <laughs> back a notepad mom yes now the best year I, that still hasn't been topped is in uh, i think it was new orleans the louisiana baptist convention had an alligator there that you oh. could get your picture made with Okay. It was um, heavily sedated, and I think its mouth was kind of wired shut. But uh, I have like how yet big are we talking? Like are we talking like three foot alligator or like an eight oh, foot alligator? Oh, it was pretty small. It was oh, pretty okay. small because the kids were able to actually hold it. Oh, okay. And get their picture made with it. Oh. But um, so I haven't seen anything to to uh, surpass that in uh, recent years. But I'll we'll see what Ohio can bring. Yeah. So. Well, it's a home game for Cedarville. Uh, I know they've got a big booth there. Uh, mm-hmm. what, you are in booth four sixty eight. Is that right? Uh, that's that's correct. We're okay. in 468. That's southeastern, um, not just Amy. Correct, yeah. It will be just Amy sitting southeastern there. Southeastern Seminary is, yes. And we're all right there in a row uh, with uh, all six seminaries are together and uh, four of us in a row and two kind of across. Yeah. So. And then the Lifeway presence down there. I got to see, I haven't talked to Lizette about the robot yet to see if the robot um, will be coming back. Have you? Yeah, I haven't heard. I have not heard if the robot will, will be making a return visit. Okay. So that's always a highlight. I know like the kids absolutely, absolutely love that. So it's a, the transformational robot for transformational church. So that was kind yes. of the, the play. It was great. It's been a huge hit the past couple of years. So I know a, a little bit better of a promotion than the... Um, the bell. Yeah. The, the bell ringer. Where, the bell yes. ringer where you slam the, the gavel down or whatever and it shoots up and it's the carnival type thing. I can't even think of what it's called. Yes. But, the bell ringer. I think the robot <laughs> has been uh, has been a... a Maybe a better thing. Yeah. So. We made some enemies that year with the bell ringer, I think. Anyway, um, Dr. Floyd touched on the different schedule this year. Any thoughts on that? Oh, I think it's I think it's fantastic. I I have been excited um, about how things have been streamlined ever since I saw it. I think one of the greatest, uh, really, two of the greatest things are. Um, having all the business together on Tuesday afternoon. One of the challenges has always been throughout the years, just keeping track of when uh, business was happening. Yeah. Uh, so people, you know, you get up and you'd leave your seat to go to the exhibit hall, or even if you just needed to, to take a break or something, and you're having to keep track of that schedule when you need to be back in there. If they got ahead of schedule, you might, you know, miss it yeah. kind of coming back. And so it's just a, it's just a very convenient thing for us to understand the things that we need to do, the business we need to do together that we need to be present for, it's on Tuesday afternoon. Yep. We're just all going to sit down, um, you know, just get ready for the whole afternoon and, and take care of it. And then uh, I think equally so the having the mission 
uh, the mission board reports and a WMU report and the commissioning service all together on Wednesday morning. Uh, I think that's really important because that, that really reminds us uh, kind of some of the main reason that we yeah. exist. Yeah. And uh, it gives us a chance to focus our attention. So I, I really like it because you're not having to keep track of what's happening, yeah. when, you know, at which time we really get to just sit down and focus our attention in one area. Yeah. Well, there, there's also, you know, we have the inspirational part of the convention, which I, I guess you could say would be Tuesday morning and Tuesday night because you have the president's report and then you, you really get an information, inspiration and information that Tuesday morning. You got the business Tuesday afternoon. You got the a more big inspiration night, you know, the, the call to prayer that Dr. Floyd's going to be leading on Tuesday night. That's going to be a massive thing. And you have just kind of that, that information and just the showing what God's doing in the world and in the U.S. through the, the missions reports on Wednesday morning. And then Wednesday afternoon, I'm really looking forward to the, and Dr. Floyd touched on this in the interview too, the educational part of the panel and the ERLC report and things like that that are going right. to be really just educating on pastors, educating pastors how to deal with current issues, which is something that I don't know if we've done in, in recent memory, I can't think of, in as part of the program. We have these outside events, and we'll talk about them in a minute, but as part yeah. of the main program, we've never done anything that's more educational, how you should do this. Right, and, and I think it's really important this year because we're all going to be together, uh, but we're all going to be looking out a couple of weeks to a, a decision uh, that's going to be coming down from the Supreme Court. And frankly, I mean, I think we all have sort of questions in our mind of what what does this mean? Yeah. And um, and everyone's sort of looking at different resources, trying to think this issue through. And it's a great opportunity for us to, to be together um, for this uh, to be addressed by some of our leaders who really spend a lot of energy thinking through this. Um, I think that's a huge help. Um, and I, and I think it's going to be a great thing coming after the morning, which sort of refocuses just kind of yeah. where our hope is. And, and, and then we get this opportunity to, to just, to think about it moving forward and then ending with the, the convention sermon, um, with pastor Eddie bumpers from Crossway Baptist church in Springfield, Missouri, uh, to kind of finish it out. Um, also the, the Tuesday evening, um, event the uh the prayer the prayer service and we can't can't forget about that that's that's really important the i think he's calling a national prayer gathering of southern baptists for the next great awakening and to reach the world for christ and we've done that we've had real focused worship times uh on tuesday night but this is is something that's kind of a capstone of a focus that the president uh, has had over the last year. So that's going to be really important also. Next week on the podcast, we will have Julio Ariola, who is the worship director for the convention. He's also the global worship pastor at Cross Church, where Dr. Floyd is the pastor. Julio will be joining us next week to kind of give us the musical highlights, which I'm really looking forward to uh, for the convention. It'll be interesting to see what Julio has put in place and uh, his team for the worship aspects of the Southern Baptist Convention. I know Shane and Shane are going to be there uh, for the Wednesday morning thing. That's even on the program, uh, so we do know they will be there. Uh, I kind of wonder. I kind of wonder if Charles Billingsley will be involved again this year. <laughs> he's he's been there the last couple of years, so uh, always good to see Charles and hear him perform. But uh, it's almost become like a staple. So I, I, that's going to be like question number one to Julio when I interview him. Where's Charles Billingsley? Yes. At what point will Charles Billingsley be on stage, and uh, when can we listen to him? 
So uh, that covers a lot of the schedule. Uh, one of the points that we do want to make, resolutions are due Monday. Those uh, have to be turned in 15 days prior, and that would be Monday would make them the, if you're listening to this when it comes out on Friday, June 1st, Monday, uh, June 1st is the deadline for resolutions. Yes. So uh, one other thing to note, um, not only do we have a lot going on in the Southern Baptist Convention, the, the annual meeting part, but there's a lot of stuff going on around the annual meeting. Uh, we got a list of those at the website that you can get uh, that full list. Uh, we're just going to run down some of these. Nine Marks is doing their Monday and Tuesday night events again. Nine Marks at nine. The Monday night event is with ERLC, and that one is going to be about culture issues. Uh, it's going to be talking about connecting the church and culture uh, with uh, and introducing and launching a new equipping initiative for ministry to gays and lesbians and a relaunching of a magazine um, during the event as well. So uh, a lot of uh, kind of church and culture focus with the Nine Marks event on Monday night and Tuesday night is uh, sponsored in part and I guess done in part in collaboration with Southeastern. That's correct. Uh, that's going to be a, uh, a panel with uh, Dr. David Platt and Dr. Danny Aiken and Dr. Albert Moeller. And uh, we're going to be there uh, helping, assisting with that, sponsoring that event and uh, Dr. Dever will will interview them and just talk through issues that are facing the church today. So that's uh, something we get to participate in every year, and uh, it's going to be a great event, as as always. And a few other events. We'll just run through these real quickly. Uh, B21, their lunch on Tuesday, as usual, uh, will be uh, – is Dr. Aiken part of that this year again? Uh, he is. He's on the panel. And, um, I think Dr. Platt's on there as well. Dr. Platt, uh, Dr. Russell Moore, Dr. Albert Muller, and I believe H.B. Charles, okay. if I remember correctly, right. from what I read. So uh, they'll be on that. Yeah, you can sign up for that. that. We've got links for all this at the, uh, at the website. Bivocational Ministers Luncheon is on Wednesday this year. Um, that uh, probably appeals to a lot of Southern Baptist pastors. Uh, I'm not Correct. sure how many Bivo pastors are able to make it to the convention, um, but I wish we could have more there because there are a lot in the Southern Baptist Convention. Council on Biblical Manhood and Womanhood having a breakfast on Monday morning. I'm still on the fence on whether to go to that or not. I'm that's like the only morning I don't have anything. So Oh, that's tough. You want to sleep. I'm like, do I really want do I want to get up? I really would yeah. like to go, but I don't know. It's like eh, one of those. Um the executive committee plenary session. Now this is a, this is always a fascinating little little meeting. I've been to it the last couple of years. It's the executive committee, they have a meeting at the um convention on Monday afternoons at two o'clock. Usually uh, it's open to anyone. If you ever want to see kind of how the sausage gets made, um, that's a meeting to, uh, to, to kind of go in, sit in and just listen. Midwestern Theological Seminary is going to be hosting a luncheon as well on Tuesday, the For the Church luncheon. It's going to have Dr. Allen will be uh, leading that. He'll be talking on why are you committed to expository preaching. Uh, Matt Carter will be there as well. Mark Dever, Ronnie Floyd, Paige Patterson, Jared Wilson. So uh, it'd be good to see um, Matt Carter. He's always a, he's a good friend of Lifeway and a good guy too. And he'll be talking about uh, how do you pastor in a church in a sex-saturated culture, uh, pastoring a college uh, church, a church heavily made of college students, I guess, in Austin. Um, that, that's something that probably he has to deal with quite a bit right there, right near the campus of the University of Texas. Just a reminder, all the seminary luncheons will be on Wednesday. If you're an alum of any of the seminaries, you've probably already gotten information on that. If not, uh, contact your seminary alumni association, I would guess. Amy? 
Correct. Yeah, you can usually find them on on the seminary websites. We put them up uh, pretty prominently. So any of those, uh, that's a great opportunity for us to connect with our uh, respective communities, students, alumni, friends. Uh, So it's a great time on Tuesday when I mean, on Wednesday, excuse me, when just the the uh, that lunch slot is just set aside where we can all kind of join together. Uh, with our respective communities and so and to kind of talk about what's going on Uh, so those all and they're all either in the convention center or near the convention center very close by so those are great great opportunities to reconnect and the gospel project breakfast once again this year tuesday morning hb charles will be at that one as well uh he's he's making the rounds this year um and ed stetzer will be leading that uh, Matt Caps uh, is a f- friend of mine here at, at the uh, at Lifeway, who is running all of that. There's a lot of books, a lot of things going on. They're almost full, so if you're interested in coming to that free breakfast on Tuesday morning, you need to uh, visit gospelproject.com. Sign up for that. Minister Wives Luncheon is on Tuesday at noon as well. Uh, so if uh, your wife is coming and would like to go to the Minister's Wives Luncheon, information available for that. Uh, not to be confused with the Pastors' Wives Conference, which I seem to always think are the same thing, but are that's, not. They're not. They're so, not. The Pastors' Wives Conference yeah. goes on on Monday, and that's like Correct. all day, basically. Yeah, the Pastors' Wives Conference is really neat this year. They're doing something different. In the past, the Pastors' Wives Conference has been in conjunction with the Pastors' Conference okay. uh, thematically. But this year, uh, they're actually connecting it more with the minister's wives lunch in the next day. So it will be a sort of a two day experience. The pastor's wives conference Monday morning, the expo where all uh, different ministries entities will be set out for two days, Monday and Tuesday, and then kind of ending with the, uh, the luncheon on Tuesday. I think Angie Smith is speaking at the luncheon. I can't remember who Mm -hmm. else at the conference on Monday. I know some of the ladies here are going, um, looking forward to that as well. I know Selma is going to be there. Uh, on Tuesday at the yes. luncheon. We'll talk a little bit more about the Pastors Wives Conference as well as the SBC Pastors Conference on next week's show. We'll kind of preview that and uh, talk about who's going to be on that panel. Uh, speaking at those, uh, the SBC Men's Breakfast, uh, Lifeway and Nam are putting this on. That's a free breakfast on Wednesday. You can find out more about that at lifewaypastors.com. Um, and uh, one of the things I'm excited about, well, I'm not going to be there, but I'm still excited that it's happening, is on Wednesday morning, Southeastern is hosting a women's leadership breakfast. Yes, we are. Uh, we're, we're doing that along with NAM um, and uh, here, our Women's Life Office, our Kingdom Diversity Initiative coming together, uh, and we're sponsoring this event. Uh, we're very excited. We just really want to have this conversation about uh, what it means as women um, to be equipped for leadership. Uh, many of us, whether it's in um, uh, ministry opportunities uh, within our, our church. Uh, I had a, a time where I was uh, a pastor's wife and I was teaching Sunday school and I was leading women's ministry and children's ministry and wedding coordinator. I had a lot of, a lot of things that I needed to develop as a leader. And um, now uh, there are opportunities in the workplace uh, or, uh, you know, on the PTA board, just different things that I've done. And so we wanted to think through what it meant to equip uh, women for leadership. And we have some great examples uh, in the folks we have on the panel and Selma Wilson and uh, Kathy Litton, uh, Lizette Beard is moderating. Uh, She's moderating? Yeah. She is moderating. She is. She's one of our students, our PhD student. That is true. And, uh, That's true. So she, 
she's going to moderate. And then also uh, Denise O'Donohue, who's on faculty here, and Alicia Horton um, will kind of round out that discussion. So it's going to just be a great opportunity for us to see these uh, women, hear some of their wisdom, and uh, just talk through this so that we can can learn from them. And we're not the only uh uh, entity or, or seminary that's doing an event. Uh, Southwestern is also doing something on Monday afternoon. Yeah. The um, tea at three. Correct. Yeah. Um, I got that one highlighted too. I was getting there. Okay. Awesome. But, uh, that what this means is that I love is that really, um, for three days, there are a lot of opportunities for, uh, for women. And that's an exciting thing before I ever went to the SBC, uh, years ago, someone told me about it and she said, um, Oh, my husband, he goes in there, but I don't really, there's just not a lot for me. And, um, those days have changed. Yeah, this is, this is fantastic. You start at eight o'clock. There's a pastor's wives conference from eight to 12. There's an expo for two straight days. Um, there's a, a tea, there's a luncheon on Tuesday, there's a breakfast, all sorts of, of conversations. Uh, and that's, that's just a really exciting thing, I think. So, It is. Uh, also, one, more, a couple more things. Let's see. Send North America luncheon Monday. Uh, IMB and NAM are partnering together for that. Uh, I'm guessing that'll be a preview of what to expect at the national conference uh, that we mentioned earlier. That will be in Nashville later this summer. Uh, the Send North America luncheons are always interesting because they're always they always have something like they really put on a wow factor. Or at least they have in the last couple of years. So I, it's always been one of those just really really neat things. Uh, the thing they did a couple of years ago with um, the illusionist was just over the top. Awesome. In yeah. my opinion. So the last thing I have here, a uh, couple things, there's two more things, war room and woodlawn, which are two different Lifeway movie screenings going on on Monday night and Tuesday night, respectively war room stars, Priscilla Shirer. Uh, Beth Moore's got a little cameo in that as well. Uh, so, uh, they've shown that around here at the, the building. I saw it earlier this year as well. It'll be a, a film really talking about the power of prayer. This comes from the Kendrick brothers, uh, you can find out more about War Room and Woodlawn at LifeWayFilms.com. Uh, look for the free screenings. Those are at 9 o'clock each night. So if you're not doing nine marks, you can do the LifeWay movie screenings. And then finally, the WMU annual meeting is Sunday and Monday at First Baptist Grove City. That one is off-site. Uh, they usually host those off-site or at least uh, not at the convention center um, because of space and time needs because they, they actually do stuff on San, on Sundays. Um, because they, they do it in Sunday afternoons. And uh, so if you're interested in the WMU annual meeting, uh, you can find out more at WMU.com. That'll wrap up all the SBC preview. We may touch on a few more of these next week. Like we said, we'll talk about the Pastors Conference and the music uh, section of the SBC next week as we have Julio Ariola uh, joining us uh, this time. Each week on the podcast, we will be featuring one resource. Amy, what's your resource of the week? My resource of the week is uh, Every Square Inch, which is a new book out uh, by Dr. Bruce Ashford. Uh, he's provost and dean of the faculty here at Southeastern Seminary. Did you and just also, recommend a book by your husband's boss? I did. Okay. I did, indeed. I, I, he's it's also, all right. My boss, I'm going to be recommending I Will later in, in the uh, the year probably for <laughs> okay. Dr. Rayner, but yeah. Yes, he's also a professor of theology and culture here. And this is the first in a series of books that um, – that we're actually getting to participate in putting out uh, from uh, at Southeastern as part of our uh, Intersect project, uh, which is in partnership with the Kern family. Wasn't, wasn't that Foundation. from the TV show Chuck? 
I didn't watch Chuck. It so was I, the Intersect I, Project? Yeah, I, I, I don't know that connection. So. Well. <laughs> yes. So it's Somebody basically... Somebody out there listening will. Yes. So it's basically a, um, a book that's just an introduction to cultural engagement for Christians. And it's, it's really fantastic. Uh, it just talks about that we need to remove the barrier between uh, sacred and secular and let the gospel inform everything that we do. And um, he hits on so many different uh, contexts, how we engage with um, art, how we engage with the public square, how we engage with economics and wealth, um, just different things like that. It's a, it's a really good read. It's not um, a terribly difficult read, but it does really make you think and recommends a, a lot of, a lot more reading uh, that you can do in the area. So it's fantastic. It is available on Amazon, and I believe it's available at uh, Lifeway. It is available at Lifeway.com. So yes. uh, we, we did get that up on the on the website. Um, also, my recommended resource of the week is Ronnie Floyd's new book, Forward. It's a leadership book uh, for forward leaders, seven distinguishing marks for future leaders. Uh, Dr. Floyd touched on a little bit in the interview earlier. Just a fascinating read. Um, he, he leans heavily on a lot from Dr. Moeller, Dr. Rayner uh, as well, and talks uh, a lot about the, the different leaders that we have in the Southern Baptist Convention. And um, just a, a kind of a revealing read for what his leadership, how it's changed, how he's, um, you know, and at some points he's very honest about some of the mistakes he made previously in his ministry, which, you know, I, I always find refreshing for, for pastors uh, and leaders to, to look back and say, hey, you know what, I messed that up. And here's why, and here's how I would handle it now, and here's, here's how I've changed. And uh, very, very neat and revealing um, stories that Dr. Floyd shares in Forward. I highly recommend it. It's uh, been one of the best books I've read this year, um, and I've truly enjoyed it over the past month or so that I've been uh, kind of reading it uh, on a slower pace. I've just been having a lot going on with, uh, with life and school and work and everything. So almost done with school. I'm so excited about that, by the way. Um, congratulations yeah. almost yes almost congratulations I got one class left uh, get to be done with the Masters of Christian Studies from Chriswell College fantastic Good Baptist School in Texas that'll do it for this week's episode of SBC This Week any final closing thoughts Amy? nope just thanks for joining us this first time out and uh, we look forward to uh, getting back with you next week we'll see you next week as Julio Ariola joins us and until then Thanks for listening. Please subscribe on iTunes and visit us online at sbcthisweek.com.